Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Extra Bit, our little gift to you podcast subscribers with me, Harriet Minter, Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. This week, we meet drag queen T.T. Bang. She talks to us about the drag community, what it's like to get into drag and just how it's changed her life. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, Now, if you were paying attention to the news a couple of months ago, you would have seen that the Advertising Standards Authority decided there would be no more stereotypical adverts on TV. There would be no more women scrubbing the floors and men doing... I, I actually don't know what the stereotypical things for men's are. Painting the fence. Painting the fence, there we go. Um, you won't be doing any more of that because we are getting rid of stereotypes in advertising. And to try and push this and promote this, cleaning company Method has set up a new partnership with the LGBT Foundation foundation uh to bring in the amazing drag community to challenge some of the stereotypes and here to talk to us about it we have the fantastic tt bang hello hiya you're right i'm so excited to be here <laughs> we are very excited to have you madonna well thanks so much for coming well in well your makeup is absolutely incredible thank you can you come around and do mine like that yeah, if you want, I actually will. <laughs> I mean, you look amazing. We're going to put it all over our Instagram at Badass Women's Hour, so go check it out because you look fabulous. Thank you. Uh, Titi, tell us a little bit about this campaign to start with. Why is Method so keen to kind of challenge the stereotypes? I think because there is such a strong stereotype around cleaning and especially the sort of adverts. I mean, the last cleaning advert I saw had like a really muscly man <laughs> doing cleaning, which I guess is kind of challenging, but like why has he got to be super ripped and half naked? <laughs> And like by inviting us in, it's just kind of making it more diverse. It's promoting expression and love and diversity. And it's just a right laugh, isn't it? So one of the things that astonished me from the release we were sent is that uh, nearly 56% of Brits have never heard of a drag queen. 70% have never attended a drag show. 78% never heard of a drag king. Britain, you are missing out. Where have you uh, been? Yeah, I know. I'm sure they have heard of drag queens. They just maybe don't know what it is. So for anyone who doesn't know, what are we talking about when we're talking about drag? So drag in general is just an expression of one's gender or parts of your gender or bits of your personality. If you've got a lot of... Um, personality like me <laughs> you need Come to express it in different ways and drag gives you that place to express yourself whether it's through your looks whether it's through performance or the work you do comedy it's just a way of exploring who you are more and having a lovely time with, with how 
yourself. How did you get into it? Oh, God. I've kind of always been into drag in some ways. I think, like, I dressed up a lot as a child, as you do, and my mum really encouraged it. Maybe too much. (laughs) (laughs) And um, then when I was a teenager, I was really into, like, the emo movement, and I was actually quite a depressed teenager, so it was kind of like a reflection of how I was feeling. And then when I was 19, I moved to London, and... I moved from a small town in the Lake District and I was really coming to London to find community, to find a place where I could see myself being an adult and flourishing and being supported. And I really loved making things. I've always sewn, I've always made silly outfits and things to wear. And so I just started going out to a pub in Camden called The Black Cap, which is unfortunately no longer open because, yeah, that's what happens to queer venues. And... um, I just started going out and dressing up and just over time met so many amazing people and was given a stage to perform on. And before I knew it, it was like six years later and I'm drowning in wigs. (laughs) (laughs) It got very out of hand very quickly. (laughs) But again, everything you said there is about expression. And so what do you think is the one thing that people misunderstand? I think the thing that people misunderstand is they maybe think it's about sex, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say. I think um, sometimes in the media we're misrepresented and we're often sexualised or or told, people say our stories for us that maybe don't know our experience and they see it through a very specific lens, but it's not about that. It is about community um, for a lot of people and about expressing themselves in ways which they might not be able to in their day-to-day lives. Mm. And what's a typical drag act? Is it comedy? Is it uh, theatre? Like, or, or could it be all of those it things? It can be anything. Okay. It's, there's so many different kinds of theatre and British comedy really does, uh, British drag really does stem from comedy because that's kind of our background. We have this slapstick, you know, Charlie Chaplin vibe going yeah. on. And, <laughs> but it can be anything. It's just performance and theatre making. And what's your, what's your act? What could people expect they going to see you? <laughs> I do lots of different things. So I started out in sort of the more burlesque side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was striptease, but it always has a political message, mm-hmm. whether it's about female empowerment or owning your sexuality. I have an act about the Women's March. I use lots of sound bites from like powerful speeches by different women mm-hmm. and sort of taking this thing that we deem as being you know, negative sometimes and stripping and using our bodies in this way and turning it into something that is empowering and is spreading a message of empowerment. Um, I do that. And then I also do really stupid things like make everyone do the okie-cokie. Now, that is not stupid. That is very, very important. important. Yeah, it's very important. It is what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> do you turn around? All the time. <laughs> so there's been a sort of explosion in drag and interest in it and how mainstream it's become in the sort of last few years, I guess driven by shows like RuPaul's Drag Race and Drag SOS. Do you think that has has that changed the community at all? Oh my god, absolutely. I mean, when I when I was going out to the Black Cap and we were putting on shows there, me and all my friends, we used to do this th- this party called the Meth Lab because the drag queen is called Meth, one of our <laughs> drag mothers, okay. and we were one of the first nights to bring over the RuPaul's Drag Race girls. And RuPaul's Drag Race did really change the the narrative of what drag was and the the audience that it brought it to. And we literally saw it explode in front of our eyes. We went from having like maybe 50 people there a night to to selling out three nights in a row. And it was it was unbelievable. And it really did help my career. It helped a lot of other people's careers. But as time has gone on, I guess it's 
exploded and become even more mainstream <laughs> and that can sometimes have negative effects mm. as well like anything when anything becomes mainstream that is first a subculture there's always pros and cons and <laughs> the cons as in sort of trolling or misunderstanding or is it as in people putting rules on it that maybe you yeah don't it's definitely appropriation as well sorry appropriation absolutely um i think most of it is sort of putting labels on things like the mainstream really likes to put things in boxes mm -hmm. and those boxes have to be really defined and so now drag has got this really specific definition because of drag race and actually yeah. like drag race is only a small part of drag and it's actually only rupaul's interpretation yeah. of drag <laughs> who is one person yeah. from america which is very different <laughs> to england um and also things like, you know, brands jumping on pride. And yeah. that's why, like, the method campaign is really important because not only are they putting queer people on billboards and in the mainstream media and giving us a time to shine, but they're also actually putting their money where their mouth is and supporting yeah. the LGBTQ foundation and donating money. Yeah. And quite a lot of the time, these brands that put up the rainbows of pride and sell yeah. out the merch, they're not actually yeah. donating anything to any There's been a lot, causes. hasn't it, commercialisation of pride and brands jumping on that back bandwagon. What do you think about that? Have you, do you think it's a positive thing or do you... Uh, it's it's so about difficult it? because I think representation is the most important thing. I think I personally from my experience wouldn't have gone through so many traumatic things as an adolescent if I'd have seen myself represented mm -hmm. in the media in the mainstream media on tv in magazines if I'd have seen somebody I could relate to my experience with my own sexuality and my own identity would have been so much easier and so when these big brands do these campaigns and have different people in them it can be so positive because you know people in small towns in rural England get to see themselves represented mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, they are also trying to make money out of us, right? Yeah. yeah. But then it's just, I think it's all about the sort of morals of the company. Yeah. Like they need to be paying the the performers or the models or whoever's in their campaign. They, they should definitely be paying them equally, if not better than mainstream models because we need it the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they also need to be donating to, to causes and actually... Putting policies in their workplaces as well, mm. which helps help yeah. the security of the people that work for them that are LGBTQ. Because a lot, for example, a lot of trans people find it very difficult to find employment mm. because of prejudice. Yeah. So like putting something in place where you're hiring a really diverse range of people, things like that would be really nice. Yeah, you can't be a hypocrite as a brand, right? Yeah. You can't be and supporting something like Pride and then you, actually people can't come and work in your, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. your work and that happens that mm. happens all the time i think there's a big thing recently about the gym chain equinox who obviously have a very um you know, quite, they put a lot of gyms in gay friendly areas they very much promote a kind of you know we're inclusive come join us look at how beautiful our kind of clientele are and then gave a load of money to donald trump's campaign mm. and there was a big backlash and we we're like hang on you look at how many uh how kind of diverse your your membership is and the people you're taking money from and the people you are actively marketing to and then you're actively giving money to causes that go against that so that's a kind of if you're going to put your money in one place you sometimes have to pick a side yeah. I think mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and it has to be inclusive if you're going to preach inclusivity yeah. and that's I think that's like my main problem with a lot of things in society but also like the culture around drag race yeah. and RuPaul's Drag Race is that they preach inclusivity but actually you're not inclusive because you're not allowing 
lots of different people into your party. Yeah. Like the main fan base for RuPaul's Drag Race is cisgendered women. Yeah. That is the, like 80% of their fan base. And so those girls and those women are allowed to spend money and go and see these girls and spend money on tickets to the shows and things like that. But we're not allowed to participate and we're not allowed to see ourselves represented. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really sad. Mm-hmm. So is that a kind of a, a thing? Because whenever I've watched RuPaul's Drag Race, it has always been if you want to be a drag queen, you first have to be a gay man. It's like a sort yeah. of. A, you can't be one without the other. <laughs> and, and it's just not that simple well, because no. people come in all sorts of genders as yeah, well, you know. Exactly. Non-binary people, I would love to see some more visibly non-binary people in that space and some more trans people. Just everyone, everyone should be mm-hmm. welcome because that's what community is mm-hmm. and that's what inclusivity is. It's everybody's welcome to the table. We love that. We're going to keep talking about your career and uh, Drag SOS coming up here on Badass Women's Hour. Excel. Badass Women's Hour Excel on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Somebody who definitely needs to be at the Tory party conference, Titi Bang. She's in the studio with us now. Hello. <laughs> You're just saying how relaxed we are compared to another radio station. Did you ever say relaxed here? Professionals. Titi, before the break, we were talking about the kind of evolution of drag after drag race and how mainstream it's become. And so mainstream, in fact, that you are, in fact, on a Channel 4 show called Drag SOS, I'm which is all about <laughs> It's basically about, I mean, it's it's about helping people who kind of want to be drag stars but don't really know what they're doing. Yeah, they have no idea what they're getting into when they come on the show. <laughs> do you know what? Drag SOS has been mind-blowing for me because I do drag all the time. Like, it's, it's become so normalised in my life. It's actually a bit unnerving. Um, but going to these places and meeting these amazing people and seeing what just pushing someone out of their comfort zone can do... It's been so amazing for us to see, but also to experience and get to help people along the way. I don't think we believed, we we had no idea it would be as emotional as it was, to be honest. Can, what was your, what's your favourite story that came out of the show? I think my favourite story is probably the same as everyone else's, which is Sean and Owen. 
um, the father-son who mm. we got to make over. And the dad was so amazing and he was such the sort of perfect representation of how you should be as a parent if you have an LGBTQ child because he openly acknowledged the fact that he had had prejudices when before Owen came out and he acknowledged that he had had these thoughts about it and and also recognised that those things had been put into his, his head mm. by other people and by society. But he was so open to learning and to going on this journey and trying to understand his child better and educate himself. And seeing them bond over drag oh. <laughs> first felt like, is this really happening? <laughs> but it was the most touching story because I'm, I know so many people who will maybe never have that relationship with their parent because their parent is not willing to listen or to be open to differences. And yeah, I thought that was that was my favourite story. I also, I, lo I love all of them, you know. I actually love all of them for such different reasons. I feel like I am their mother. <laughs> what did you think when they first pitched the idea to you as a concept? Were you like all over it? Do you, do you, did you just feel like it was going to be a great thing or were you tentative about you know it? What? Like, so... When they pitched it, it was definitely more like, oh, you'll just get to make things for people. It'll be really all nice. Right. You'll get to go to all the charity shops, which is my favourite thing. <laughs> <laughs> in all these small towns and you'll find loads of gems um, and it'll feel like you're on Project Runway and it'll be fabulous. <laughs> and it was much harder than that. <laughs> so because I thought it was going to be like getting to go shopping and making outfits, I was like, yeah, love drag. But I think part of that was that they didn't want to let us in on how much of an emotional roller coaster it was going to be, and maybe also because we were a bit naive to how much of an emotional <laughs> roller coaster it was going to be. Yeah, and also I'm guessing really early call times. Oh my goodness, getting in drag at five a.m. Yeah. for six <laughs> days in a row. Yeah, by the end of it, like we cried every time. Partly because it's really touching, but partly because it's so, so exhausting. Yeah. But how yeah. long? Like, you're, I'm mesmerised by your makeup. Yeah, like, I was looking at your eyes, so and I was like, pretty. I can just about do a flick, yeah. and you've got three. So, so how skilled. long has it taken you to get ready tonight? And is this just for us? Or are you going out after? No, this is just for you. Stop. Stop. Do you not like my like newsreader outfit? I, I feel like I'm like going for like a new. Basically, yeah. I want. That outfit, because like yeah. your waist is just like yeah. cinched. The yeah. whole just thing. A pair of spanks, pair of tights, a really tight fitting skirt. This whole thing's thrifted though. Like I tried to be really eco friendly. It looks really well tailored. Well, it's not. So everyone, <laughs> you can't, you can't see. But basically, the outfit is on oh, point. Yeah. Go and look at our, our socials. <laughs> yeah. And about the, how long has it taken you to do your so makeup? It's me like an hour and ten minutes, which an is actually really quick minutes. for me. Like this is. This is like a quick face. There's like different levels wow. of drag, depending on how much wow. time you have. Did, did you get the tube here? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. It was raining. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> My wig took me so long to make. I'm not going out in the rain. <laughs> Do you feel different when you go out in sort of full drag, even if it's quick drag, than when you go out just kind of like, I've just rolled out of bed and Absolutely. I'm going to the shops for... Absolutely, 100%. In what way? Like, I find... So, like a lot of social situations quite like anxiety driving when I'm not in drag I I think um like you're more you when you're in drag you're really visible and people kind of show you a level of respect without realizing they're doing it <laughs> like people acknowledge you're there they look at you in the eye they smile at you and when you're not in drag I because I'm so when I'm in drag, I get that really big feeling. When I'm not in drag, you do feel kind of invisible. 
mm. in some ways. And sometimes that can be nice, you know, when you're tired and like, and that's one of the things I love about London is like the the anonymity. Mm. But yeah, I think sometimes it can be quite, I don't know, you're more, I'm more aware of myself out of drag, where I am in the world and like what my place is. And I don't know, I feel more vulnerable. I guess. Do you feel more so? You feel more powerful in in drag. drag yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You feel fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Look fabulous. Absolutely. How did you develop your character? Like, did you were you have you been Titi Bang from the beginning, or has she kind of emerged? Yeah, where did that come from? Do you know what? I think it's I'm I'm quite a loud, showy, offy person. <laughs> like when I was a teenager, I was that girl that everyone was like, "Oh, you're so annoying. You're so loud." Like all of those things that, for a really long time, I thought were like really derogatory yeah, and like right. really yeah. negative things about myself. And drag has given me a place where I, those things can be completely celebrated. Yeah. And so, I, it it is just a part of me. It's like an amplified part of my personality. If I had the energy to look like this all the time, I would. <laughs> if I had the energy, like I'm really high energy and. Maybe like slightly verging on, you know, a bit neurotic, but <laughs> I have a lot of energy and I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of things to say and and I guess they've always been in there. It's just that with drag you, you get to say them out loud and you get to be as loud as you want and you get to take up space and you get to be seen in the world and it's just like a natural I'm just, progression. I'm just thinking, did, did they have drag like hundreds of years ago? Because yeah, of course yeah. they did. If you felt the way that, that you felt, what, yeah. what, did they have drag Queen like hundreds of years around, ago? Yeah. Queen Victoria, that lace wig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, but drag has always been around. It's, it's an expression of gender because, you know, when we come out the womb and we're all standing around and we're all naked and we don't have any clothes on and we don't have our hair styled a particular way, we're all just human beings. What we decide to put on is a costume, mm -hmm. you know, whether you decided, like, you decided to put this black t-shirt on today, that's a choice. <laughs> you decided to wear this shirt not, today. Not, not a very impressive choice. choice. No, you've literally a... just been dragged for your t-shirt <laughs> choice that <laughs> I don't mean it in a negative <laughs> way. But it's a choice you make I mean, and, like, I how know, you express yourself on that day, like right? Yeah. Like, we all have a personal sense of style yeah. and that's how we express our personality yeah. through what we're wearing. Yeah. Drag Sorry is just that. the t-shirt. <laughs> no, you do you. <laughs> I... you, see, you grew up uh, in a small town in the Lake District. Can you say where or? Yeah. You, I mean, it's oh, called uh, Cockermouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the best town ever. Yeah. It's not the best town ever, I can tell you that for sure. But I went to Lancaster Uni, so <laughs> I, 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 I know it well. Yeah. When you're at home, do you dress in drag? What, in the Lake District? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Why? Because it's completely unsafe. Oh, okay. I can't even walk down the street with my girlfriend in my hometown and not have abuse shouted at me or have somebody throw something out at me out of a car. Because that was my experience mm. in the Lake District was homophobia, like repeated right. all the time. And my dad would even say like, oh, you can't go down the pub by yourself when you visit because even me out of drag is too much really? for some people. And mm. so I would love to. I'd love mm. to put a drag show on my hometown. In fact, I have in the past approached my local theatre and said, but I don't know, I guess it's not. And so do you <laughs> hope that yet. with the show that will change over time yeah i hope so and I, I think i think it is changing like i honestly i don't go home that often because of my experiences there mm -hmm. and so i just don't don't go back to that place because i have all these memories and it, has, it makes me feel all these things but mm -hmm. if i knew that it was going to be safe for me and i was going to be welcomed and people weren't going to shout things then yeah absolutely and <laughs> do you think it would be different if you were a man in drag 
Because I'm thinking, so generationally, that group would have grown up with Dame Edna on the yeah, TV. On the no. Uh, no. Yeah. no. Absolutely not. Like, no. No. Okay. I think, like, even the boys that I was friends with at school that I knew were gay and none of them came out, mm-hmm. even them, just from being slightly effeminate, got enough abuse mm-hmm. to say, you're not welcome here. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating that I was thinking when you were talking about um, the Netflix show Sex Education in which one of the characters who is a very openly out gay young man and uh, he and his best friend go to see uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch and dress in dress and drag to go and see it, as you do when you go to see the film. And he ends up by himself. And on the way out, there's a scene where it looks like he's going to be attacked. And instead, these two guys are like, oh, mate, no, you've missed the bus. Let's give you a ticket. Let's look after you. It's all great. And it kind of distills the tension. Everyone goes, oh, no, it's fine because it's 2019 and he's mm. going to be fine now like this, dressed by himself. It's not a problem. And then on the way back, he does get attacked. And it's the shock of that realising that you kind of lulled yourself into a full sense of security about what the world was like, but mm. actually it's not. And I really, yeah. when you were talking to you, I really hit, heard that kind of, I wish that was what the world was like. That's mm. the world that I kind of live in when I'm in London mm. and it's all fine. It's like, And then I go home and I'm like, Oh, now I realise it's not. Yeah. Is it all of London, though? Because you've, you've mentioned Camden and Pockets and community. Um, I, from my experience, I have never really experienced anything particularly bad in London. I've never been... But then again, I do know a lot of people that have experienced negative mm. things in London, so maybe it's subjective. Um, but I haven't, personally, and nothing more than words, anyway. Mm. Um, but I know that's not everyone's mm. experience. It was interesting because when we did the show, we were in really small towns and that was yeah. one of our biggest fears, like, as a group of queer people going into a small town was, oh, God, we have to walk around in drag in Scarborough mm-hmm. yeah. or, or Caffilly. <laughs> and people were actually so, so nice, but I do wonder if part of that was because we had a TV yeah, crew. Yeah, right. well, because yeah. when we didn't have a TV crew, we did get followed and we did get shouted at. And, really? yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Some really retro <laughs> slurs as well, which was... Very. Do you think it's got worse in the last few years? I think people have been given permission to be vocal about mm-hmm. how they feel, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, much more, and yeah. that can be an, a really negative thing. Because if you have those thoughts and you have those feelings about somebody, you don't need to vocalize them. It's when people feel like they have the power to vocalize them yeah. that's when it can be really dangerous. That's what I think uh, the internet has done, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. whatever your opinion in the world, you can find a group of people who agree with you, whether you are right or wrong. Mm-hmm. So if you are wrong, you find a whole load of people that are supporting your viewpoint that I think then gives you the confidence to speak out because you feel like mm-hmm. you're... Your echo chamber yeah, says it's okay. Yeah. yeah, and that's a really dangerous thing. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, which I guess kind of brings it full circle from where we started when we were first interviewing, which mm. you said, you know, the power of community. Yeah. Mm. And there is that power of community, which is when you find, when you have been isolated or when you have felt unsafe around the community you grew up in and you find your own community, you're like, oh, this is it. This is, so, mm. this is my safety barrier. And that's where you flourish as well. Like, I flourished as, a, as an adult in a safe community where I was allowed mm. to express myself and I was allowed to explore myself. Mm. I would not be this drag queen I am today if I was mm. not given that space. In fact, unfortunately, I have friends who stayed home who were queer and took their own lives because you can't flourish in that mm. space if you're not given room to explore yourself. Mm. And so we have to support people and we have to make people visible within our community so that everybody feels like they have a space to flourish and to explore who they are safely without prejudice. 
can't think of a better note to end on. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> we have loved having you in the studio with thank us. You. Just been a literal and metaphorical <laughs> rainbow oh, of light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for coming so in. Nice. Um, if people want to come chat to you on social media, come find your shows, where can they find you? You can find me at TT Bang uh, on Instagram and Twitter, oh. TT underscore Bang. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you so much. One, two, three, four. This has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.